for example, like you, I guess like you heard the fact that Finland is like the happiest country on earth that that's been on the news. When I saw when I heard that, then yeah. I was like, I don't know who was doing this because <laughs> we don't we don't really seem very particularly very happy people yeah yeah, like yeah when it comes to like you go outside you don't even say hi to your neighbors you just try to walk past but anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the thing that, that kind of like that the, the finnish self-image is kind of kind of that we are this melancholic kind of people who just listen to like sad like heavy metal or like some sad tangos and music like that so the, finnish, the way the finnish people view themselves is not that we are very happy people Today's guest is globally known author, researcher Frank Martela. Frank has been studying and researching about the very fundamental questions that we have as a human being. Without any further ado, let's get into the podcast. I promise you, this is interesting. First of all, I gotta say that I'm super excited having you, Frank, over here. For uh, for our listeners who don't know Frank, Frank is basically a researcher, philosopher, and also an author to many books. But this one is your latest one, right? Yeah, that, that's the latest one. And uh, a little bit about the backstory, how we met. We basically met in a conference, in Citrus Conference. Uh, do you remember the exact wording or, or the wording? How would you describe that event that we were part of? Um, it's been a while. I don't remember exactly anymore, but... but what it so was like it, about the future of Finland or something like that but yeah the future was the topic yeah or they basically in Citra first of all what is Citra for our listeners those who don't really understand uh, do you know I guess that yeah it's about that the think tank about future which is like funded by the Finnish government in a way I guess like something like that yeah So basically they think about different scenarios and trends that are going to happen in the future or they study these trends and try to find sustainable solution. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, or directives. That, yeah, that's that's what I guess like sustainability is one of their topics but like anything that is like relevant for the Finnish future or the future of the world. I guess like the, they're kind of following the mega trends around the world and trying to figure out what they mean for Finland and what Finland should do. To be on the kind of on top of these things, and sustainability of sustainability is of course one of the big trends right now. Yeah, and uh, well, I have my own story how I got into that group or became one of the uh, speakers. I would say I had like a short presentation, yeah. and uh, I was talking about the challenges of the future and and how. A, a, a lot about meaningful the topic that we are talking yeah, today yeah. that we are more connected to internet on all these devices yet we feel more alone and being alone makes us sad being alone makes us weak and yeah, we need yeah. each other that was basically my topic what did you think about that <laughs> yeah I, I, but I agree that I guess like at the root of human beings are like shows we are social animals we need other people that we come into existence existence through other people and who we become is quite much dependent on what people are around us when we grow up and so forth. So in that sense, I think that too strong individualistic thinking might be like harmful for human beings. If it, if I think that I can do it my on my own, if I think that, you know, I should only think about myself, these are ways of thinking that might be harmful for 
most of us, like mm. on an individual level and both and also on a social social level, societal level. So in that sense, yeah, I kind of like agree that the modern lifestyle sometimes doesn't have like two good consequences as regards how we connect with each other. So you re- you do all this amazing research about uh, life and happiness. Now I'm going to ask a very personal question. Are you happy or have you found happiness in your life? Uh, yeah, I would say that I'm quite happy but by, as, as regards myself. That, yeah. And also like quite often people ask me like what, what are my key sources of happiness or meaning? And of course, like my answers, answer is quite like boring in a way because like if I think about what makes my, my life meaningful or what makes me myself happy, one thing is the family. I have like three small kids, like eight, eight, six and three years old. So like the family is very important thing for me and very like meaningful thing for me. And then the other thing is that I love my work, that I'm, I think I've really found the kind of work that I like most enjoy doing. So when people ask me what's what's my source of happiness and meaning then I then I, my answer is that you know it's it's family and work which is basically the most common answer in the modern world anyways for these topics i don't know about other people but personally myself maybe it's the age maybe because i don't have kids yet but i I kind of one of like I personally I I think I'm in a journey to find myself and discovering myself and each year I find new things, but exactly what you said in a in a in a way doing this podcast if I could do this for a living yeah yeah then I would be the most happiest person ever, getting to sit down with amazing people and learn about life learn about different philosophies and different things that you never really come sit down and think. So what is happiness? Um, in a way, I, I think that there's like not one thing that is happiness. That it seems that when we talk about happiness, we might be talking about like several different things, and that's and that's kind of like kind of, kind of the confusion that you know some, some people when they talk about happiness, they talk about you know some more like general life, like general way of being satisfied with your life. Some other people just talk about, you know, having positive emotions right now and third group of people talk about something else and then they like talk beyond besides each other. But for example, like, I guess like you heard the fact that Finland is like the happiest country on earth that that's been on the news. When I saw when I heard that, then yeah. I was like, I don't know who was doing this because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we don't we don't really seem very particularly very happy people yeah yeah, like yeah when it comes to like you go outside you don't even say hi to your neighbors you just try to walk past but anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the thing that, that <laughs> kind of like that the, the finnish self-image is kind of kind of that we are this melancholic kind of people who just listen to like sad like heavy metal or like some sad tangos and music like that so the, Finnish, the way the Finnish people view themselves is not that we are very happy people. Why is that? We downplay ourselves very uh, quite a lot because if you think about Finnish inventions and how much you know top athletes and yeah. you know amazing people comes from these five million people. I don't know. It, I don't know. It could have something to do with like the harsh winter times, like in the past, that you know that that if you were like the, the if you were too optimistic person 
in in the, in the like hundred years from now, like when when it was very very like when when it, the conditions were much much harsher in a way. If you were the optimistic person who didn't think about you know the future when it was summer, you were like, oh no worries, you know we we're gonna survive. Then you didn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> so the pessimist, pessimistic people survived perhaps the winters, the long winters. They were the ones who who were gathering enough food. So it's like a <laughs> self uh, protection mechanism. Yeah, I don't know. It could be something like that. Survival mode on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but as regards like why Finland is right now the ha- like so happy country, it's like the question that is like asking asking these kind of studies. It's 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 actually not a question like are you happy, but it's it's more a question that. Think about your life on a scale from like zero to ten, where ten is the best possible life and zero is the worst possible life. Where would you put yourself on that kind of scale? So that that's kind of that's a question that that is asked in this World Happiness Report. So they asked that that question from like thousand people in in different like thousand people in Finland, thousand people in Sweden, thousand people in one hundred and I don't know forty countries around the world or, or even more. And then they'll like count the averages for every country, and the, and that's kind of like because it's it's not a question like are, have you been like smiling today or have you been like you know having a joyful time today. It's mm. more a question about you know like when you think about your life, are you like satisfied with your life conditions? And I think that that kind of question is something that you know in the end most Finnish people think that okay yeah, life is not perfect, but still like you know that. I'm not suffering like that in many many other countries. People might be like suffering more because like we have like the. The welfare, welfare like security system and stuff like that is like relatively good in Finland. So people, so I wouldn't say that there's like there's not more people in Finland who would like when, when the scale is from zero to ten. There's not more people in Finland who who are like giving ten in that kind of like survey. Mm. But I think the fact that that the reason why Finland and other Nordic countries are so high in these averages is because like there's less people who give like one, two or three in these kind of surveys because there's like less people who are like very worse off in the in life because mm. of of this like the, the kind of like the how the society is like organized yeah the quality in uh, quality of life especially in the nordic countries is it's different it's a different class it's almost like volvo is different class <laughs> it's a different type of car yeah, made yeah. for the nordics is you know atmosphere or at least that's what many people say yeah yeah Yeah, I guess like it's it, these are kind of like these high trust societies where people are people trust the government and the like and people people are kind of like willing to pay taxes. I guess like that's I, I was like listening to one presentation by this Jeffrey Sachs, who's like this U.S. like economist, and he said that you know that the Nordic countries are basically the only countries where like politician can go go to the election and say that I'm going to raise taxes and still win. You know that <laughs> in any other country, if you if you go to the election and your campaign is about you know. Let's let's get it more taxes. You you will gonna lose the election because like nobody is gonna vote for that. But in the Nordic countries, you can say that and still like get elected because like people are so like kind of like so much trusting that you know the race that the taxes that are collected they are do they are used for something good. That in some other countries, this this one like social scientist, this Swedish social scientist Bo Rothstein, he he's like been doing quite much research on this like high trust and low trust societies and he was like contrasting like Sweden and Russia he had like quite much experience with Russia as well and he said that you know in Russia people are people when they think about taxes they said okay I know that my neighbor is not paying taxes and if I'm paying taxes I know that you know some corrupt politician is going to take like half of the half of what I'm paying so why should I pay taxes 
They don't so see like, any meaning in the paying of. Yeah, they, they see that you know that you know that why should I pay when nobody else pays? Is and if I pay, that somebody's gonna use them, put the money in anyway. It's to not their gonna own sh- be like I'm not going to see the effect of the yeah, taxes yeah. in any anywhere. So he's kind of like using like Russia as an example of low trust society where people don't trust the government too much. And then the Nordic countries are the ones where like people trust the government, so they are like you know happy to pay taxes because they think that you know the money is put to some good uses. That people the, the money is used for like I don't know building some new swimming pools or whatever like or public services like so hospitals or whatever. So that people trust mm-hmm. that the money is put to some good use. And also, I would say um, it has something to do with uh, with education as well. People somehow in the Nordic society we work better in synchronism. You know, we we see that okay, if I'm paying taxes uh, and they're going to the students, one day my kid is going to be a student, and then he's going to be taken care of. He doesn't have to have like a massive loan, yeah, which yeah. is a pretty much problem everywhere in the world except the Nordic countries and some European countries. Yeah, yeah. So and actually this. To say to Boo Rothstein, who I already mentioned, he also had like one study where he was looking like the education levels at I don't know some year in the like 19th century, like nine or something like that. He was examining like how many years people on average had like education during that on, on, during that period in various 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 countries around the world, and then he was like kind of like using that to predict how much people trust the government, like in in today and he found out that that was like quite quite like good predictor of like trusting government like the 19th century level of education predicted 21st century level of trusting government so his his argument was that you know that building these high trust societies it's not it's not like something that you can do just like that but it takes time and education is one of the key means to that that you know when you have like highly educated population they're gonna make they're gonna vote for people who are like more trustworthy they're not going to be voting so much for the populist parties but they are going to be like making more like reasonable choices about who they elect and through that and also the government is going to be like more trustworthy yeah uh just had a, to- a thought in my head but it, it's it slipped uh but yeah and also um you know investing money on education You might like when I think about countries like Bangladesh, and I know, you know, some basic history of Bangladesh and so on and so forth. But there was a government that was putting a lot of money into education instead of the roads and and infrastructures, things that you can see and feel. Yeah, education yeah. is something you can't. I can't touch your education. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when they were, because in Bangladesh and probably in in any other countries as well you know like the the opposite opposition of the government will always like criticize the government right yeah and their critique was like where's the road we need road we need bridges you know yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. ain't doing your job you see all these people they have to work so hard because we don't have bridge in such and such place and and whatnot but you know it, it's quite sad that You know, people. We want the quick taste. We want the yeah fast calories, so to speak. We don't yeah. think about the long game. Yeah, of course. Like education is something that pay. It doesn't pay off today. That if you invest money in education today, next year you, you don't see any result. You're it's it's that that if if the politicians are elected for like four years or six years or how many years they're elected, it's not going to be like 
the results are not going to be visible when they're like still there in the parliament. But it's going to be like the next generation is going to be see the res- seeing the result that you know that if you start to invest in education now, 30 years from now, you will see the results. And of course, like that, that requires some like long term thinking from the politicians, but also from the public themselves that the public understands that okay investment in education is good investment even though we don't see the roads or like anything visible right now yeah but that's an idea that you need to explain it's not something plain and simple like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. here is this glass you can see this right here and i think that's the challenge of many countries plus like you said the leadership as well has to play play a role if a chill if a child has an abusive father he will not trust the father he will have very uncomfortable and unsure uh, relationship with the father will be very skeptical uh, just in general i'm not <laughs> like yeah. saying specific case but the same thing happens to the citizens as well when they see that the leadership is like you can't affect the leadership yeah yeah and you can't affect how the money is being spent but how did you like how did you even start looking for or researching happiness how does that happen tell us a little <laughs> bit about that yeah i don't know it didn't like happen like overnight but it i guess like i always be like interested in kind of like the fundamental questions in a way that i so the philosophy was already in high school it was like one of my favorite subjects so i took like all the mine po- as well <laughs> okay okay yeah so i took like all the possible courses that my high school had on philosophy i think there was like five different courses so i had like i took them all and as so so kind of like trying to understand the kind of like the, so if i go even even more back like when i was like when when I, when i was like a small child like six years or seven years when mm. people were asking us, well, what do you want to be when you grow up Then my answer was always that I want to be a researcher of the world. Wow. So that that was kind of like my answer when I was like six or seven. But I guess when I was in the high school, I realized that actually I'm not so interested in the world as such, but I'm interested in kind of like the human world. I mean, it's like the human condition and... Interaction. Yeah, that, what, 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 what does the world from the human point of view look like? And so, th- and then like when I started thinking, okay, what... What what would be like a good life? What what's good life about? Then like happiness, of course, like one of the topics that comes to your mind. That okay, what what makes life good, or how how should we live our lives? These are kind of the most fundamental questions of philosophy in a way. And I felt that you know that trying to answer those questions, one has to like know something about happiness, something about meaning, because these seem to be some kind of intermingling. In yeah, some, some kind of like basic, ways. Yeah, so, somehow like and also like some of the kind of like the intrinsic values that we are seeking in our lives. That if you think of what, 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 what at the bottom line we are like seeking in life, one thing seems to be like happiness, some, one thing might be meaningfulness. The question is, what are you doing? Or no, more like what should you be doing right now? Why were you created? These kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. questions come in in a weird way when you start to think like, what is the happiness? Where you want, where you want to go? And what yeah, should yeah. you do that, where you want to go? But I think... Overall, where do you want to go? When you ask someone, if you ask myself, yeah, where do you want to go? I don't really have an answer. Yeah, and also like, how how do you make that answer? Like, how how do you make that choice? What, how do what, you create? That? Yeah, what are the criteria you use to make that choice? That's that's over like quite like philosophical question, and that's kind of like what I find try to I've been trying to like investigate what are the what are the best criteria to use when I'm making some life choices. What are these criteria? Can you like map out the biggest ones that 
most people find meaning because I think yeah. different people have different ways of but there must be some kind of a common factor amongst people yeah because like sometimes there have been discussed okay that because okay there's like some like instrumental values that I I you I use something with something else, you know, that, you know, I want, might want, I might want to have like more money because with the money I can buy something, but like money as such is not the value, like intrinsic value because there's nothing in money itself that is valuable. It's just like valuable because you can buy, use the money to buy something that is like more valuable as such. So, so that it's like, I, it's the time you have what you can spend in other things as well. Right? Yeah. 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 So then like what are like things which are like not like just instrumentally valuable but mm. just valuable as such and when I've been like reading some philo- some philosophers like they argue that you know okay happiness like th- your personal well-being seems to be something that you know that you don't have to, like if you if, if you say that if, if I ask me why did you do that thing and and you say that yeah because it made me happy I don't have to like ask any other question that's like enough of, of an explanation okay Everybody. But it's very vague at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 not like all that you're seeking in life. But one thing that everybody is seeking in life might be like positive feelings and happiness. Joy. You know, yeah. So like enjoyable moments, they're like valuable as such. That it's like there's something like that. If I think about for example, sports for me, it's something that you know I, I enjoy playing floorball or playing football or sports like that. And I, I don't think that you know I'm not like contributing to anything like anything big through playing football with my mm. friends or anything like that but it's it's an enjoyable moment as such so like happiness might be like one of the kind of one of the things that we are seeking in life not because of something else but because of the happiness itself happy moments yeah so that's one thing but then other thing that then of course like like morality seems to be like an like also like an independent value in our life that we we make also choices because like that's the morally right choice you know that I might be more happy if I do this but Then I think about you know that's that's morally wrong and think because of that I like you know refuse to do that because I want to view my life as like morally right. Mm. So that mor- morality and like happiness is one thing that we are like using to evaluate our lives, but morality is another thing that you know a meter that you measure. Yeah, it's kind of like one one of the meters that you use to measure the goodness of life. Yeah, how the, good yeah, you yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how good good your life is that you know that if you if you would be given a choice between two lives, okay, in this life you'll be like you will be like perfectly happy, but you will do like very evil things, and in this life you will be you know less happy, but you know that you will always do the morally right thing. Then like still most people would probably choose the life where they they don't want to live like an evil life just because it gives them happiness. Mm. So like these are like kind of like independent things that you use to evaluate how good your life. A lot might of be. the religion, religion and religious people probably falls into that category. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, but I think like also like even people who don't like subscribe to any religion, mm. they even them they, they have like, like a moral. Yeah, they, they might. Yeah, they, they still like would have like moral compass and yeah. like still that I, most of them would still think that like morality is an important value that you you mm. should think about in life. Is there any other categories? Yeah, that's like then of course like meaningfulness might be like a third category, but like meaningfulness itself is also like something that it's a bit it's a bit hard to like define what exactly it is. That it seems to be something like which is not same meaningfulness, not not the same thing as happiness, not the same thing as morality, but what exactly it is. And I've been thinking that you no know, one way to like try to like figure it out would be say that you know that there's one part of it might be this this sense of contribution being able to like contribute towards other people mm. that feeling that you know that my life matters 
because yeah. I do something that yeah, matters. Yeah, yeah. So, so like through my activities, I'm able to like you know advance some good things. I think that that's also like something that we might like think about as an like independent source of goodness of life in a way that you know that if I feel that you know I'm able to use my life for some good causes, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm willing to make even big sacrifices for that like as ter- in terms of my happiness and like that to to feel that you know I'm I'm able to contribute. Mm. I was thinking that about the meaningful and you were saying the meaningful is one of the categories. When I started to think about my life and what I find meaning in and then when I look deeper I find meaning making these podcasts and having awesome guests like yourself here and <laughs> you know learn from you guys uh, but one of the thing that within this whole meaningfulness and doing something comes the flow it's hard I'm doing something which is hard yeah, I yeah. fail sometimes but I'm barely make it I'm like in this um I'm not sinking I'm I'm like just you know just having enough difficulties uh, but yet still staying optimistic and overcoming these difficulties gives me a joy yeah 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 and I I I agree with that and that's also like actually like one of the like when I think when I think about what makes like life good or what what makes life meaningful then like I think that also this like the sense of competence or sense of like excellent excellence and growth this seems to be like one topic that like most people seem to be finding quite much you know motivation and meaning from so I like when I for example I be like when I give like lectures in some like companies or like some organizations one of the questions I usually ask in the beginning of the lecture is like you know hey think think about like for a few minutes like what what motivates you at your work and then I ask like people around like to say say what are the things that you know motivate them And that's one of the things that always comes up is the you know that you know challenges. You know the challenges is actually something that you know most people find motivating in their work. That that if the work is too easy, it becomes like boring. So they want to like be on the, like you know be challenged by their work. And you feel important as well. You're yeah. doing something that most people can't do. Yeah, and then you feel that you're like growing through that. You know your ta- your like your skills are like improving because you're like you know putting yourself out there and trying to do these things which are like slightly too hard right now but then you feel, feel that you know next month you already can manage that thing and master that thing so i think that that's also like something that being able to use your potential being able to use your skills that seems to be also kind of like one of the kind of like things which is like independently valuable like no it usually it also brings you like happiness usually it's it's also enjoyable but sometimes i think we are, might be even like willing to make like if there's a choice between happiness and being able to use your skills and like learn learn and grow people might be like willing to choose to like learning and growth even if if it if it's makes them unhappy mm. um you you could uh, we could uh, or you can uh, basically say whether i'm wrong or or right but it's almost like having a tool you know we human beings if we visualize ourselves as a tool as a knife and this knife i don't take care of it and i don't use it I don't use the knife. I don't sharpen the knife. I don't take care of the knife. Then the knife is going to get rusty, right? Yeah, so yeah. be getting rusty as a human being, not doing enough challenging things or not growing or learning every day that makes us rusty and kind of isolated or you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 so it yeah. could be um this kind of, do you think this this example is okay or yeah, what do you yeah. think about it? And I th- That reminds me, like there's like one, 
one friend of mine, he's, he, he's like working in one company. And in that company, that, that the owner of the company, it's like a relatively small, it's like a company with like, I think like 20 people or something like that. So the owner of the company, he was like getting like a bit older. Yeah. And then he, then he was like kind of like thinking that, you know, that, okay, you know, the company is like, Growing. Com- the company was like not growing. It was like it's it's quite quite like a niche market. Like it's like this quite like specific quite a, market. Quite a specific market. So they were like kind of like the leading producer of that thing in Finland. So it, they were twenty people. So they were not they, they were not growing, but they were not like shrinking either. So and he was like you know, being being the owner of the company. He was like making quite good money. So like everything was good in in that sense. But he was kind of like, you know, thinking that, okay, I'm going to like retire quite early. You know, I'm, I'm going to retire when I'm still in my 50s because, you know, I've done my part and so forth. Mm. But then he got like more like, then he was like discussing, having like some conversation with some with this one like coach who was like then like inspiring him. Like, you know, that he, you should like still like seek some growth from somewhere. And, and Instead of like then right, he got like this new sparkle to his work, and he was like, okay, let's expand to Sweden, let's start like take the Nordic mon- markets, like not not only Finland, but let's start to take the Nordic markets over. And I think like now he's like almost like I think he's already in his seventies, mm. and he's still like he, he's still like leading the company. So he was thinking of like retiring in his fifties because you no, know, there was no new growth. He was like he was like making a good living and everything, but there was like not not the growth. He reached the rim limits in Finnish market. Yeah, so he had like reached a limit, and it, you know it, it was like company was doing fine, but there was like not not this like sense of growth anymore. But then then when he found he refound this like sense of growth and like this sense, sense of like of challenge, challenging himself mm. and so forth, then he's like then he found like refound the meaning in the work, and he's because of that he's like being working in that company like well beyond like retirement age this is one of one of those questions that i was uh, i was thinking you know with my friend that what are the questions you know now we have the chance to ask from the real philosopher not like street <laughs> philosophers like myself but you know the real deal and we were thinking that uh, meaning or happiness or or whatever we want to call the whatever we want to describe as the goal, the purpose of living. Purpose of living is, is it, it kind of incorporates a lot of these, like joy, happiness, and doing things right, right? So does it change with society and, 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 and with with time? Have you done, discuss, you know, what kind of research have you learned from this and your take on that? Yeah, I guess like, that. I guess like the, the way we approach the whole question might like might change through time. So, I also, for example, like, of course, like as, well, because my background is in philo- like Western philosophy, I've been like reading like these an- ancient Greek thinkers like Aristotle and th- these things, these these guys. And for Aristotle, he has this book like Nicomachean Ethics, which is like one of the, like classics of the Western philosophy. And in that book, like he's kind of like trying to figure out what is like the what is the kind of like the goal of human beings? That that's that's one of the key questions of the book. That you know, what is the goal of human beings? But I feel that you know that the way he approaches the question is a bit different from the way we modern people usually approach the question. That when that he lived in a world that where he, there was like this idea that you know that the, the cosmos was some kind of like rational in a way, or like there there was this logos or like some kind of like this. There was like purpose for it, like all existence. So like th- th- he mentions in the book that you know that the horse, the purpose of the horse is to ride 
like ride fast and like carry the rider and then the purpose of the eye is to see clearly and so forth so because of that human beings also have some purpose the purpose of the knife is to cut yeah the purpose yeah yeah the purpose of the knife is to be like sharp so it can cut the fruits Mm. and because everything has a purpose human beings also have a purpose so then it's then like the figuring out the human purpose is just like trying to figure out what is special about human beings compared to other animals and compared to other other like creatures and when you like figure that out then you can like figure out that okay that's special about human human beings so like then being excellent in that thing is like what what is the purpose of like human life so that's kind of like how, how he reasons about the thing and then because like because like then the rational mind is something that like separates human beings from other animals then like exercising your rationality is something that, that it, it's kind of like his answer to the question but then when we come like to closer to the modern times i think that the question that is raised more I don't know, in 18th century or 19th century onwards, it's like the question that, you know, what is what if life doesn't have any meaning? So mm. that that's kind of like the modern way of asking the question that that, that Aristotle, at least like when I when I read the book, I, I don't like see that he would like be discussing, uh, he would like in, in any any place, he would be like doubting that what if human don't, humans don't have any purpose? So he didn't consider that to be a possibility? Yeah, yeah. So he was like, like because he was living in a world where everything existed for a purpose. So it was like self-evident that human beings existed for a purpose as well. So he didn't like even consider the question of what if there is no purpose to human mm-hmm. life? And I think that in a way it was like the scientific worldview was one of the, one of the key factors in making it possible to think that, that human life might not have any purpose. Because the scientific worldview that then was like you know giving us like the view of the world where that's like there was like this kind of like the immense time immense time before us and the time after us that you know that human existence is very brief compared to like the cosmo- cosmological scale that the stars have existed millions of years before us they will exist millions of years from us then the evolutionary theory was telling that you know human beings just like evolved from these like other animals and so forth so there's like not nothing special about human beings as, as such and so forth so there was like you know that that was like kind of like the worldview from which we started to like doubt that hey maybe human beings don't have any purpose so we're kind of downplaying our purpose uh, pretty much if we come in a in a rough way like we're like oh we're not so special we're yeah. like these monkeys but we have clothes <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the thing like, apes in a tuxedo was like this term that this roy baumaster was like one of the <laughs> psychologists of meaning like he used, used that term in like his his recent article that we are kind of like these apes in tuxedo that you know we are we are same as, as other animals. You want to think we, that we, we are very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we, we, but we put on these clothes and you know like and try to be like very sophisticated. But mm. in the bottom line, we are the same as these other <laughs> gorillas or chimpanzees or whatever. But they're very complex as well. Did you study other animals as well, or is that, is that possible or you know elaborate I, on that? I haven't like studied myself, but I, I read like some study. I read like quite much studies about like, especially like chimpanzees, because I one of the topics that I've been researching has been this, that 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 kind of the pro-social tendencies of human beings. That do we is it something that you know, if I help you, is it always for like selfish reasons? Mm-hmm. Am I always looking looking for something for myself from that, or do I have like some kind of like more altruistic tendencies in myself that I just want to help you because you no. Know, I'm I'm a kind of guy who wants to help other people, mm. and in, when you tr- try to study that kind of topic, then it's of course interesting to see like what do we know about other animals, like our close rela- relations, 
relatives. close relate relatives like like chimpanzees that do they have this tendency to help other chimpanzees or not that mm-hmm. might be like that if they have that then we, then it's like easier to argue that it might be part of our like genetic makeup that we have this tendency, tendency to help other people and there's like some interesting research that you know shows that the, that some some of these animals they seem to have like these tendencies to help other people uh, help other other they're, they're like mates in, in various situations that, that chimpanzees they like they have they are like guarding their like territory and like they they, they have these sort of guards who are like going around the territory and defending de- defending each other in, in in fights and so forth and in various like laboratory experiments that you know if, if you give like if there's a treat that one of the animals can get or one of the chimpanzees can get and mm. then if, if you can help the other chimpanzee to get the treat you will do on average do that more because like you you want to help the other chimpanzees so there's like some uh, that they don't have like as developed sense of wanting to help others than as we human beings but still they seem to have like some rudimentary sense of trying to help in do they certain... uh, this is an interesting question i don't know if you know that do they have like when as a human being when we help someone right there are a lot of people we know uh who like to help each uh, each other other people but Do the animals feel like, let's say, someone is slacking, you know, not getting the bananas, just you know, chilling, is not doing the hard works or whatever the the thing yeah. is, whatever the driving force in that community is. So if so, the guy who helps this poor guy who is kind of lazy, let's say, so does the gorilla who's helping all the time does he feel like, oh, I'm being used here? Because you know, like <laughs> us human beings, even yeah. the, even the nicest person. Who like to help other people, but when he sees that, okay, this is like nothing is happening here. He's just being helpless. Yeah, yeah, I, but, but <laughs> I, I don't know about gorillas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. I, I think like as regards human beings, that it's argue, that, that they argue that you know that's like that if we think about what are the, like the basic tendencies from which are like moral sensitivities grow from, one of them them is this like this sense of care. You know that we we just care about each other that you know that if i see somebody suffer like the first reaction i have like even even if it would be like somebody some stranger i was like should i help that yeah, person like, oh. yeah yeah so like you know especially if, it, if it's a kid or like sm- a small child you know that if you see a small child suffering you know, you no matter if it's your own child or not you you have this tendency to like you know to want to help the other person so like that's one of the, like the foundations of our morality this, this sense of like wanting to care for other people But another foundation is that's more this like sense of justice and fairness. Mm. That it seems to be something that is also like you know quite much inbuilt to us. That you know that we we are like evaluating people's contributions in various situations and seeing like you know if that person is helping that per- that person is that third person helping back. And so there's like there's been like many experiments where people it has been shown that you know that even if I don't have like any personal stakes in a situation, if I see that you help. Uh, or that your friend helps you and then you don't help him back then i'm like willing to su- like punish you for like you know that you, you were the one, one who was like you know letting down Not your loyal yeah you, you were the one who was like le- letting down your friend mm. so like even though like it, it's a, it's been these laboratory experiments where like you know people are in a way like anonymous that so i i have the opportunity to punish you and i i i lose some resources myself But like nobody will never ever know that who the other person was, and nobody will know that have, have I punished you or so forth. So, 
I double blinded. Yeah, so double experiment. double blinded experiment. So like, there's nothing for me to gain from punishing you mm. in that in these experiments. But still, most people are still like wanting to do that. That because because they just feel like angry at the person. So like this betrayal. This, yeah, they, they, mm. so that this this sense of be, becoming angry when we see that somebody is like behave, be, be, behaving like unfairly. Mm. That that seems to be something is, which is like very basic part of ourselves. That's something that we cannot like help help feeling so like that that's this sense of caring and sense of like justice seem to be like two separate foundations of human morality which is like somehow like built into our nature mm. hey um speaking about experiments i want to ask you what was the most eye-opening experiment that you have been part of or something like you you completely didn't like you had Uh, hypothesis, hypo, hypothesis, hypothesis, yeah. hypothesis, and it went, you know, like almost 180 degrees in the other direction. Does do you recall any kind of? Yeah, there was this. So I believe, like, as regards this, like this, that when we are doing like good things to other people, it seems to, like increase our own well-being. So I believe, like, some some experience on that topic. So that you know, for like, in one one study, we put like people to play this like simple computer game. Where, the, where there was like it was like this game of like synonyms so like there's like one word on the top and then there were like four alternatives and then you have like choose which one is synonymous to the word on the top so mm-hmm. a very simple game and people played that for like 10 minutes and afterwards they answered the survey about you know how they felt and there was like two conditions so one, one group people were just playing the game as such and then the other group the people were like were told that you know for every correct answer we like donate like very like small sum of money to the United Nations food program to help end, end hunger in the world so the same game but like you know this sm- small positive contribution towards other people and then the result was like okay that's what that was not like that was like expected result but the, the result was like you know that the people in the group who were able to like make this small contribution they felt that the experiment that, that the playing the game was a lot more meaningful and they also felt like more positive feelings afterwards so that that was like one experiment we did but like you know one one of the more recent experiments we want to like test that those are the other side of the coin that you know what if i feel that you know I, i'd be doing something like bad to other people mm. just as increase my like sense like ill being in a way mm. so in that experiment we put people like it was like very very like it i don't know if you can even call it a game because like it was just like there was like one letter on the screen and then you had to put, push the same button on the keyboard yeah and people had to like play that kind of game for four minutes and for every time they push the keystroke like the right keystroke they, they in one condition they were like they gain or in every condition they gain like one cent for themselves for every keystroke and they played it for four minutes and there was a like new letter every fourth second so it, they end they ended up like gaining like 60 cents for themselves <laughs> which is not quite of quite of money it, it's not a big big money but then four four minutes of effort so it's, i don't know it's <laughs> still still something did you guys pay that <laughs> 60 cents here you go <laughs> no it, 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 we play they, they got the money but it was like through it was online system we, we didn't pay them with okay, cash yeah, yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> but anyway that again like there was like this like, one 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 group of people like in addition like just gaining money for themselves they also were like they were told that you know that for every fourth time you push a key the button there's like one cent donated to red cross so like they gain like 60 cents for themselves and then they were like gained like 15 cents for red cross mm. 
And then there was like one group of people who were saying that, you know, that we are going to donate money to, money to Red Cross, but for every keystroke you push, we are going to donate one cent less. <laughs> so, so like, you know, that you play the game, you earn money for yourself, but at the same time... It, it's being taken off yeah, from yeah, so, so a that, good cause. Yeah, so, so, so you're gaining money for yourself, but at the same time, money, is like the, the money that would otherwise have been donated to Red Cross is taken away from them. Okay, so what happened? So, so the result was like the group who was like kind of like... Like getting money to the Red Cross, like giving money, to giving, giving money to Red Cross for them, like their well-being, like increased compared to that group who only only like earned money for themselves. But the other group who was like now getting money away from Red Cross, there was like no decrease in their well-being. So there was like not they, those people mm. who just gained money from them for themselves, and those people who were like you know taking money away from Red Cross, they had the same levels of well-being afterwards. So they. It, that experiment didn't seem to be working mm. in that sense. So basically, I don't know what what came to my mind is that if you do something and you give everything out, you give everything about yourself out to a cause, to a good cause, to a just cause, to a meaningful, purposeful cause, it gives you more happiness in the long run compared to if you don't do or if you do partially so you know it, it could be you can take this scenario but change the variables i don't know if that's allowed in your field but i'm just messing <laughs> yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you if you would do that in in helping like let's say someone who helps everyone to someone without gaining anything and someone who helps but gets money from that help do you think that would you know like somehow be comparable yeah so So what as we got this experience, what, what we were thinking is what could be like the reason why people people didn't suffer from like because I, I I still believe that you know that if I'm if I feel that you know I I'm like you know making other people worse off that would like you know decrease my well being that I would I would also feel like you no know, bad about myself in those situations. But I think that you know people are also like quite good at you know like explaining to themselves why I'm not responsible for this, this thing that you know. In this kind of experiment, people might be first. They might be thinking about you know that that I'm anyways making like you know contribution towards the science, like just by participating in the experiment. Yeah, I'm you can't take that off from that scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's I'm, always going to be yeah, yeah. So, so I'm contributing to science, and so one thing that people might be like emphasizing that that when they when they realize that I'm I, I'm making Red Cross worse off, <laughs> <laughs> then they like then they're gonna think for them so that yeah, then they're gonna rationalize it for them so that okay, I'm still like contributing towards science. So they're going to like emphasize in their own mind more the contribution towards science that they're making. We actually found some support for that thinking. Yeah, so that the people who were in that condition, they they rated their contribution to science as higher compared to the people who didn't like take money away from the Red Cross. Yeah. So that that's one reason. And another reason that we didn't test test that at that study, but which I re- started to think that later that you know that also the Like the level of responsibility that you might have of the situation might be like different. That you know, I might think that okay, I'm taking the money or like my playing this game. The money is taken away from Red Cross, but you know, I was put into this situation by the researchers. It's on them. It's not on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's how that they they don't feel like personally responsible for the situation because it's kind of like a forced situation that they ended Almost up in. Almost like going to a war. Like I don't want to kill you, but it's this other group of people who's making me to kill your... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so then it said that 
that that might be like another reason that people might be like able to rationalize that sense. So I think that people are quite good. Like when when I like you know if I make other people suffer like inadvertently that I I, I didn't I did not mean to make them suffer, but like if I if I realize that oh I I did something wrong. Quite often, I'm able like somehow rationalize it to myself, and I'm I'm able to tell myself a story where I I was not the bad guy. It was because of those people there, or it was like because of this or that, this and that that condition condition in this environment. I'm just the victim of circumstances. Yeah, 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 kind of like that. so. We're like good at telling, good at like explaining it to ourselves why we are not the bad guys. Mm, mm. And we do that with various things. Yeah, we do that. You no, know, that that's in, in this experiment. It was a very small thing, but I think we people are able to like explain quite big things away from their personal responsibility as well. Mm. How does the social media affect into happiness? Social media is, I would say, getting bigger and bigger, being part of our lives. It's almost like you are out of society if you don't take part in social media and and social media itself is very broad term because newspapers were kind of a social media because that (laughs) connected the people and information was distributed now it's just in a different level so any thoughts on that or any yeah yeah there's there's been like debate on the topic of course like it's partly like depends like what how you use the social media and so forth but I guess like Because one of the key sources of human like happiness is the like connection to other people. So in that sense, like, and and because the kind of creatures we are like to kind of to being able to be in the same physical space with other people, I think that that's like quite quite big part of that. I guess like many people have like experienced this thing like during the spring when people have been like socially distancing. That you know, it's nice and you can get like things done still, but you know that's still still like something missing. Like many many people in the workplaces have, for for example, that you know felt that you know even though like they're able to get the things done, but still like you know big part of the what makes the work work like you know enjoyable and meaningful has been like missing from from it when you are not able to share these moments with your coworkers because like you're working at your own home and they're working at their own home and then you connect through email or through whatever whatever means, but it's not still the same thing as like connecting like physically. So like if the social media is like replacing like this like face to face meetings interactions face face to face interactions and then I think that you know it might have like you no know, detrimental effect on on your well being because like face to face interactions are usually like good thing for your well being that you know meeting up with your friends and people close to you if you are able to like be together with them that's usually like one of the key sources of happiness and so that's 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 kind of the risk that you know that if we are if we Are staying at our our own bedroom, isolating. Yeah, staying, staying in, in our own bedroom and like just connecting other people through these like social media. That might not be like as as good for our well being as meeting them actually face to face. Have you read these studies? I I was reading a book I forgot, but it was about social media marketing, and uh, or how to create like this loop or hook kind of a product or service so they're talking about mainly about how to promote different things in social media because i do this kind of a podcast and i have to get get it out there but anyway they, in that book they were saying that 
uh, I don't remember the research, but it's quite famous if I understood that the more screen time people have, the less, the more depressed they get. The more time people spend online. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's this one like research. This Chan Tweng is like one of the researchers who has been like exploring the topic, and she's been finding that at least she's been like using the U- U.S. data. She's like U.S. researcher, so in the U.S. data has been like at least like teenagers like depression has been like increasing quite much in the last 10 years and she's trying to like show that you know it, that the increase in depression is quite much like you know happening simultaneously with the increase of like the usage of the social media and like this like the, the, these devi- the devices so she's trying to argue for that and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that some other people have been like criticizing that you know that, that it might be just like like an accidental connection that there might be other things driving that But yeah, I I feel that you know that at least the, the, that the social media itself I don't know if if that's so bad. But like one thing is that you know if it's replacing like face to face connection, then it probably hurts our well being. And also like you know if you use it like to that that it easily of course like it might happen that you are comparing yourself to the other people, other They, people's happiness. Yeah, 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 because like comparison is big big part of our happiness you know I'm, i'm looking at how people around me are doing and then i think oh yes i'm doing better than themselves or i'm doing worse than them and of course if you like compare to people face to face you get like more realistic view of themselves but if you like compare to people on true, Insta- instagram true filters <laughs> yeah, yeah true filters then yeah. you then of course like everybody only shows their best side of their days and the best side of their life in in the social media so like if you if you don't realize that then you like The comparison that you make is that you know my life is like very gray or like they don't have any colors, but everybody else's life is like so full of like exciting things. And also, whenever we see someone who is, you know, in a worse situation than we are economically or whatever the statues or meters you want to compare, you don't remember them, but you remember the guy who is like driving a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or having a yacht or, yeah, you yeah. know, like living a lavish billionaire lifestyle. We always remember those. We don't remember the guy who is like living off, you know, worse than we are. Yeah. And I feel like this, like this media is one of the like things that makes this comparison. But I think, Some people are saying, saying that you know this this Bhutan, which is like one of the countries like in, in this Bhutan, uh, yeah, yeah Bhutan, Bhutan in this like Himalaya area, yeah, close they, to Bangladesh, or yeah, 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 yeah. and they, they didn't they didn't like allow TVs for a long time, and then when TV was introduced, you know, and then TVs were were full of like these American shows about you know the pop culture, yeah, pop culture, like and then people's like happiness went down because of that because like before that they were like comparing themselves to like people around them, you know. That okay, life life is like this, whatever it is. But it's like you know, like quite. These similar. are my possibilities. Yeah, these these are my possibilities. Yeah. Around what what I see, then they then they look at the TV and they see like you know, these American millionaires living their like Hollywood lifestyle. Then and then, oh my god, my life is so boring and my life is so like poor. That's all that. The same thing happens when I go visit Bangladesh with my cousins, and obviously Bangladesh is. It's still, it's a dev, like it has developed. You have malls and you have, you know, all these amusing parks and all the entertainment is out there. But still, you know, sometimes I might find some of my cousins were like saying, oh, you're so lucky. You're living the dream. You're living. And I do understand we do have a lot of things better here. 
but it's not like our you know like i tried to explain them like look maybe compared to you i'm rich but when i'm in finland i yeah, live yeah. in the poorest neighborhood <laughs> you know like <laughs> in yeah, the slums yeah. of finland obviously finland doesn't have slums yeah yeah, yeah. the slums <laughs> of finland is still like quite a good place to live compared exactly. to many, many other places yeah, yeah yeah so yeah but of course like you compare yourself to people you you like encounter every day so like we don't think about the people far away when we when we think about our own lives but we think think about the people we encounter around us ourselves social media has has an effect on us and we have evolved as a species to a newer better <laughs> less is more maybe you know and you could say less is more also when it comes to us if you think about aristotle and all these great philosophers they really like I really admire their thinking and they had like they had less empirical evidence of the world and yet they came into a conclusion that human being has a purpose and the more empirical knowledge we have about our surroundings and the planet where we live and you know our origins and what not the more confused we are like yeah, what yeah, are yeah. we and, and do we even have any pr- purpose yeah i agree with that <laughs> and and i think also social media pe- plays some kind of role in there I, i don't know what role in a grand scale of things obviously i'm not i haven't done the researches but yeah your your take on that w- w- how would you like let's put it this way how would you want your kids what kind of relationship you would want your kids to have with social media because we always view our kids that we want the best for them yeah, even if yeah. their life is not perfect for me i don't want my child to go through the struggles that i had yeah 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 that's a good question so my my oldest kid is like eight year old so he he doesn't yet, yet use like much social media so i haven't like myself like encountered this like these conscious too much but like exposure I, yeah but like i know that in there in the coming years I, i will have to like take take a stand on like what kind of social media i should like be suggesting to them and how, how much and what 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 stand should i take on these issues but of course like guess like i was a bit like lucky in that sense that when social media arrived i was already like in my like i don't know i was like in my 20s like late 20s or something like that so i think like my kind of like my identity and stuff like that was already like quite developed so it was like easier to like you know encounter social media at that point when you when you already knew who you were where in a in a sense and so i think like you know that it, it's more how that social media and like this instagram culture and like you know that just put putting like the best best side of your life forward in, in the pictures that might be like more harmful when you're like teenager and still like you know like not so much not, not so sure about yourself and what like mm. and trying to trying to figure out your identity and so forth if I, if i can say something i was with my close friend you you met him here he's also in the studio yesterday i was talking to my friend and i was like hey what do we do in the social media we create memories of good times so we can tell a story about ourselves that we we are these people who are living these good moments yeah yeah and our life becomes just to beautify the picture yeah yeah, yeah. for the future yeah, yeah investing for the future yeah yeah 
and it's very miserable like then i i kind of became a bit depressed i was like this is very miserable way of living yeah yeah and <laughs> there's like some some research showing that you know that those people who like uh, are like, like most most concerned about their own happiness who are like mo- most most thinking about how how can i maximize my own happiness like most like focused on that they are actually like less happy than other people and one reason is like because those people they are kind of like they are not able to enjoy the moment anymore like because whatever happened they're like thinking you know okay this made me quite happy why didn't it make me even more happy mm-hmm. so like you know that they they lose the ability to just be in the moment and like enjoy the moment because they're always thinking that you know how could i optimize this moment to make it make it even more happy and i think the same thing happens with the social media that you know that you lose the ability if if you like in, in you lose the appetite for uh, happiness or you lose like the ability to like enjoy the moment of such mm. you're thinking that oh it's a great great like it's a great evening i'm like enjoying this sunset or something like that then you're like oh what what would be the best picture to take from this situation to put on instagram or facebook or whatever mm. and then you then you can like lose the moment as such you're not any anymore like enjoying the moment because you're, you're just chasing the moment yeah you're, you're kind of like trying to chase yeah try to chase the moment or trying to like make make the moment into a good picture mm. and you are not like just you're not present in the moment anymore but you are kind of like using the moment for some purpose which is like outside the moment itself so you can like try the ability to just be there and enjoy the moment be present like, yeah be present at the moment mm. we we can like if we think about too much How how can we turn this moment into something that we can like present on the social media? Then we lose the ability to just be there. There, you know, in the Muslim community, I don't know about in other communities, but I I seen or I heard of a wedding where you know, like the bride and the groom, they come from the helicopter to a <laughs> venue, you know, and they spend like both of them work for a year and like put crazy amount. Of, I heard something like thirty. 30,000 euros being spent just on the wedding. Okay, okay. Yeah, just to have the perfect wedding, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that marriage didn't even last long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, it, it's okay. crazy like what do you make of this that when people I think the whole the chasing thing happens here as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, chasing that climax, chasing for the Yeah, yeah, because like because it's supposed to be the happiest day of your life, so everything has to be perfect and yeah. I think yeah. I think I heard like stories about people like you know how much how much money they spend but also like how stressed they are about every single detail of their wedding that ev- all the small details have to be like right and then they like spend half a year of their or one year of their life just like you know stressing out about every small detail about the wedding. Yeah, it's and, crazy. Yeah, so then can you really enjoy the moment anymore enjoy the wedding after after like when you when you have like so micromanage every de- single detail of it? So could it be said that the less the more relaxed way you approach to life and just be present the better you feel about the moment and actually enjoy it in, in Yeah, a... I guess like it's 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 kind of like about the balance I think that you know that this like this Daniel Kahneman who's like this one of one like psychologist he he's been like he has this book that is thinking fast and slow where he's like kind of like arguing that it's like we have like these two different minds within within human beings that one one part of our mind is more this like this more this living in the present kind of mind that we share with the other animals that you know that we we are just like you know 
living in the present moment and you know living with your senses yeah so living with your senses like the intuitive mm. knowledge and so forth and then the other part is like this, this more reflective and conscious mind which is able to think about the past it's able to think about the future and like make these long-term plans and i think like you know just that if you're just like enjoying the present that's not a good lifestyle because like then most probably you will have like some troubles in the future because like you're thinking, oh, okay, I should pay my rent. Oh, I don't care about that or anything like that. But then you, at one point you are kicked out of your apartment. And so like just living in the present might have like quite harmful long-term consequences. Like oh, quite but often. then having too much discipline. Can... Yeah, 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 but having too much discipline and only focusing on the future, you know, always, always like, like, you know, sacrificing your present moment for the future project that you have. Mm. That's also like not, not so good. So like it's about kind of like finding the balance, right balance between these two ways of living. That one way of living is just living in the present, enjoying the sunset or enjoying the moment. Mm. And then the other is like you know just more planning your life, thinking about future, thinking about the go- having some goals that you like pursue and so forth. Mm. And I think like you know if both of them are like kind of like not so good, but it's it's about to find the balance. But I think like in the modern world, quite many people are more are too much focused on the, of course there's people also who are like too much focused on the present moment mm, but mm. i think like quite many people generally we're very uh, project oriented people yeah. yeah yeah the modern society kind of requires you to be a project oriented yeah, yeah, person very, if you want to work in this society yeah yeah it's, it, it requires like certain degree of discipline and and now that's like even this work life is like becoming more part of your like whole lifestyle you know that yeah. that, that before it was more that you know you go for, for go to work for eight hours and then you go come out of the work and then like the rest of your rest of the day you can do whatever you want. Mm. But nowadays it's like kind of like if you're in a certain career, then you're like expected you have... to be like in the social me- like like behave in a certain way in the social media. Yeah, I think there hasn't been like so many cases in Finland, but in the US like several cases that you know people you know posting their personal Facebook profile something and because of that they get kicked out of their work you know that hey you shouldn't do that kind of thing so mm-hmm. like, like your whole whole lifestyle is kind of like evaluated that your the work in we are connected in a different way that's yeah, yeah. just what it is we get to see your apartment if I follow you on Facebook I get to see people that you encounter with the moments you have and you know talking about work I was thinking that in the future are we going to have any work? And you, you said like work is one of the things, contribution is one of the key factors for happiness and meaningful yeah, yeah. life. What happens when the robots takes my or your job? <laughs> what's <laughs> what's going to happen then? <laughs> yeah. So of course, like there's, there's like different opinions about like that will the robots take over all the jobs. So, mm. so the kind of work that they're taking over is this routine kind of work that the work work that, if the industrial revolution it was taking over the physical work you know that the heavy physical work was not no longer like we needed like much less horses in in the Finnish society after the machi- like tractors and other machines were introduced because they were able to take the take care of the heavy lifting that the horses were taking care of before that and what's happening now that you know that this routine kind of brain work is more and more out, out, automatized so like we have like algorithms and programs which are doing like the that kind of work but the, the kind of work that, which is like still left for human beings is more like work which requires like more like creative and like reflective thinking that you know mm. it's that if you could if 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 the like the problem is like completely like you know 
if you know exactly what the problem is, if you know exactly what the solution is, then like somebody else can or like, then, then some machine can already like produce the solution, it. automate it. But like quite often the human problem is like it's about you know that what is the problem anyways that we are like trying to solve here, that trying to figure out what are the relevant parameters in this problem, what what are we actually trying to achieve here? This kind of like more creative and more reflective and like critical thinking. This is still something that the human beings are much better at doing than the machines. Something that doesn't have so many patterns. Yeah, yeah. So you have like kind of figure out yourself what what is the pattern or what are the relevant parameters. So it's not not just about like rough like just calculating. A good example is arts or music and, and these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You can't replace a human singing human. Or maybe yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> like yeah. depends how how far or near you want to think about it. Yeah, of course. Like we we don't know like what's what's gonna happen fifty years from now. Probably. So let's say let's play a game. If for example ma- machines are gonna take over the works. Yeah. What do you think the human purpose would? How would that affect human purpose if we didn't have work? Of course, in a way like that. That's like some kind of like paradise in a way that you know no, no, that we are like released from the kind of like the, that we, we don't any any dependency yeah, there's no... yeah there's like no we don't have to like work any for any more for the money because the machines are doing like machines are like making sure that we have enough food and so forth so in the best case it will be like paradise where we are, where we are like released and we are able to use our days or our, our time for whatever like project we we might like mm. come up with like you know if you have some artistic project then we can just do that or if you want to play football all day then we can like just play mm. football or whatever, whatever it's like we enjoy doing. But I guess like, of course, like in a way people need, people usually like need some kind of projects in their life. So it, it might like take, it's it might take, be hard to like adapt to that kind of society because nowadays it's kind of like the projects are somehow like given to us that, you know, mm. you get, get get the work and then like somebody's telling you that, you know, what, what you should be doing. And then, then you're like, you, you already have like eight hours per day, something something meaningful to do because somebody's telling you what to do. What to do. So mm. like if it would be like, if everybody would be like free to do whatever they want every day, it's it, it would be like quite a hard situation that people might might not, might not like know what actually what what, what would, to do what, what to, to do chase. With, yeah what to chase that some people would be like very happy because they have already something that they chase that they I don't know they might be dream collect, projects yeah they have like some dream projects that that, that can that, that they can like spend their time on but many people might not have these dream projects and then they would, might just become bored bored by too much leisure time and don't really know what they want to do. As a philosopher, this is like my final and the hardest question. <laughs> what do you think happens when human beings dies? Your personal opinion, I just want to know. What when human beings die? I don't know if if you think about it from like the point of view of the, like the scientific world, where the sci- sciences, then then it's just like you know life. Life is just kind of like en- we don't ending. have empirical data. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Afterlife. Yeah, but like then probably life might just end and then other people might remember you and your contributions might be carrying on that, you know, that whatever you did during your life, they might be like still like, you know, having an impact. So you made your mark or you made your like impact on the world, but... Your ne- name lives on other people's lips and hearts yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Even, even when they have like forget about about, about your, your name and everything, I still like, you know... 
you might have like you know influenced some people and they might have influenced some other people so that can like the yeah kind of like the butterfly net, the net yeah the butterfly effect, the network of influences might carry on for like very very generations long yeah yeah but what do you think that happens yourself yeah. it's not like it's not a scientific thing it's just an opinion if yeah. you want to share obviously <laughs> yeah I, i don't know i don't i don't my personal i don't probably believe in many mm. any kind of like afterlife i just think that then 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 our show is end show, yeah the show, show is over at that point i don't know it's a very tough question and a very it's not like there is a anything you can well i think because of Yeah, of course. Like you we, can't prove it. Any, any yeah, you way. can prove it like in one way or another. So it's of course like it's we are gonna everybody is gonna see it when when it when when it, when the time comes. But at least I haven't been like in doing any plans based on that. I've been like mm. I've been kind of like trying to plan my life based on that. I the things that I want to do, I want to do during this lifetime. Mm. Focusing on the present. Yeah, yeah. That's that's more has been more my pro. Focus that you know, try and try to do things during this lifetime rather than think about what happens afterwards. Why do we? Why do you think people? Uh, it still like boggles many people, like myself. I do think about like I don't think about it as much as I used to when I was kid. It was more present that thought in okay. the life hereafter. Or why do you think that people, some people find meaning or purpose in, you know, thoughts of that there is an afterlife? Of course, like it's one of the, like the key facts of human life is that you know we we all die. So of course, like that's something that we always always probably been like quite interested in, like what 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 happens then. But I think. So in some ways, like the thing, like some some of like the philosophical traditions seem to be using like the death as a way of like you know like enhancing the present life in a way that you know thinking about death might might re- rem- remind you that you know that that your life on Earth is like limited, and because of that you shouldn't like postpone your like if if you have like you know some dreams or if you have like some goals that you want to do in life that reminding oneself about that hey i'm gonna die at one point might help you to, you know to realize that hey i should like pursue those goals right now i cannot like you know just wait until some further time because like at some point the time is gonna end mm. so that there's like for us the, the stoic tradition in the philosophy like the stoic like ancient stoic tradition they use like this meditation on death like as a way of like you know trying to motivate or... yeah yeah and yeah so that, that's what that was like one of the ways because Also that we we easily get like you know that we are like too we we can like too too much focus on like the, that we are like avoiding things in life or like doing that but then push we, ourselves out we, of the comfort zone. Yeah. So, so what what they're trying to achieve in was like this like attitude where you like accept everything in life as it as it is. That's what that's one of like the key things that they're trying to like trying to. Achieve. Out, yeah achieve that you know that way of living where you think that you know whatever happens you're like okay this happened and then one way of, like get towards that attitude where like you no know, you can take whatever whatever external things happens you are you can be like still like you know calm and you know accept it as as 
as it comes is true. Not Take let it, uh, not let it affect you too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, Not not let it like affect you too too much. So like thinking about like accepting one's own death. If, if you can accept that, then you can probably accept any, anything else afterwards. So that's that was one of the, like the things that they're trying to like consciously think about. Mm. You know, that think about every day about your own death in order to like you know find this attitude towards life where you're. And that is very brave way of thinking, wouldn't you say? To be consciously thinking about one's perishment of yeah 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 reality, but to accept it like like look look at death in the eye. Yeah yeah, and I think that that's one of like the key part of like the philosophical tradition has been like you know this this, this kind of like this ideal of being able to like you know that, that content yeah so, so that being it, it's not only about like being able to live a philosophical life but it's also like able to face death in a philosophical way which is about you know just accepting it so socrates is one of like the kind of like the founders of the modern uh, founders of the like the philosophical tradition and he was he, he was like sentenced to death in Athens mm. and then he then he like he, he had the chance to escape but he but he was thought that no that's that's not like a, that's not like my values so so then he took like the, the cup with this poison, this poison and, and just drank it because and that's that was like constantly kind of like the philosophical ideal of li- life that you know that you have your principles you follow the principles and if the principles lead, lead you to that kind of situation then you like just happily accept the situation and that's mm-hmm. it. Do there are some good principles, but I think you know. In some cases, if you are not willing to change your opinions, you know about the new things, and you're like, no, I'm not gonna change. I'm like this, and I'm gonna sit like this. I'm. I'm not saying that Socrates yeah, yeah, did yeah. that. Yeah. Socrates obviously he was trying to prove a bigger point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the foolishness of uh, his peers at yeah, that yeah. time, and and showing them that no, you're not going to win this game. This is how the game is won. I think that was his point. But I'm just thinking overall, you know. Yeah, of course. Like you know, one should be one should have principles, but one should be also a bit flexible with them in, in, because like, not let it affect too much on your identity. Or like you know that just that even though you have like one principle, you should have like others. I think like people who have only one principle, that's that's always like a bad thing, you know, mm. that, because that, that there's not only one thing that makes life good, or there's not only one thing that like that like fulfills, or like ma- makes life good or bad, or like mm. ma- so it's good to have like several like it's good to have several principles and sometimes realize that hey. I have to sacrifice this principle in order to realize these three other principles, which are actually more important. Mm. So, like, if you if you live your life only based on one principle, then you probably are gonna make, you know, following that principle, you're gonna make like some stupid things, which are actually sacrificing some other principles that might give you more value in the long yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might look back on yeah. your life that oh, I wish I would do certain things differently. Yeah. So, like, you know that. Not having any principles is not a good thing, but you know that having the principles, one should like you know, also think about somehow that that having like several of them and, and that realizing that sometimes they might go go against each other. Well, mm, mm. yeah, I think we have discussed quite a lot of interesting topics, and uh, you know, I personally feel that I have enriched, you know, uh, have found some. Not like direct, you know, philosophy is very, very, how could I say this? It enriches you. You Even if you don't find 
the answer, but you find yeah, yeah, yeah. the next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next set of questions. Yeah, I think like yeah, philosophy is indeed it's more about the questions than the answers. That the answers usually like you know are are not final. There's always like at some point you realize that okay, that was a good answer, but actually it's it, it's it was not the whole story. But it's more about you know realizing that there's like that what what are the questions. Mm. So that's like the and and painting the picture with the questions. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Aligning or outlining the happiness, for example, like you did, like you talked about different shade or angles of happiness and different ways people find in different things. Like death, some people mm. find death, you know, not happiness but content of life, facing like rem- reminding themselves of death. And I guess like also quite often we take certain things in life like as self-evident. You know, there's there might be like values or like some like principles that like that are guiding my life, but I never even thought thought about them. They're just guiding my life. Like I'm kind of like automatically following them. And philosophy is kind of like trying to make these values and principles that we have like more conscious that you know we we could like reflectively think about them and then like make like make a conscious choice that you know do I want to follow this value value or principle or not. Because like quite that it's in a way it's like trying to make people more reflective about their own lives and their own values, their own principles, mm. and through that so so that they can like make a choice about what what kind of life they want to live instead of like just following certain principles on like automatic base without never questioning them. Yeah, without never like actually turning the lights on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without even realizing that they are doing that. Mm. Kind of that that's kind of like the one of the principal functions of philosophy is trying to raise these questions in people's minds. Then like what what whatever the answers are, that's another question. But like you know, just even make making people aware that there's a, there are certain choices about how to live one's life. Mm. And one should like make a choice about how to how one lives one's life. That's what, what philosophy tries to achieve. So that's a philosophy for you guys in a <laughs> nutshell. Thank you very much for coming here. Yeah. Thanks for a great conversation. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, if you have any other books or anything that's going on and you want to talk about those projects, you know, just hit me on the Facebook yeah. and, uh, you know, we'll make it happen. And also, if you want to share some of your show, social medias or where people can find more your works and books and where you publish. So now it's a good time to spread the message, spread the love. <laughs> Yeah, I guess like the thing, the, the, my newest book is that this, this wonderful life, insights on finding a meaningful existence, which is about these topics about meaning. That's that's I guess like the, one of the key things. But of course, I I write like shorter stories for different. I have like my own my homepage frankmartla.com where you'll find it in the link below. And then I, of course I, I I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and whatever and write a co- co- write some blog posts for for like psychology today, so that there's some thoughts always happening there yeah that's all right cool and also the event where we went with frank and frank was a, a guest to that event uh, i made a small blog about it and uh, that we, you can find that also in the link below and i'll share it with you yeah as well but if if you don't have anything else to say for now then you know that was it thank you for coming and it was an honor to have you here yeah thanks for inviting me